Hi lovely listeners, my name is Lisa Marie Imray and I am the host of Coffee and Crime, a true crime podcast, where each week I sit down with a cup of coffee and talk about any kind of true crime story. So if you are interested in true crime, which I bet you are since you're here listening to this amazing podcast, or you like drinking coffee, then feel free to give Coffee and Crime a listen to. It is available on all major podcast platforms. You can also find Coffee and Crime on Facebook or Instagram, where the DMs are always ready for you to slide in with your thoughts and feelings, recommendations, or anything true crime related. So until then, be safe, be good, be better, and all that cheesy crap. And I will catch you guys over at Coffee and Crime. I'm Carmen. And I'm Joanna. And welcome to Live, Laugh, Murder. I'm in my Monica Geller robe. It's all red and sexy. So no, it's not sexy. This when she was sick. Remember when she was sick? Oh, and she's like rubbed the Vicks on my chest. Yeah, that's that's exactly. It's the exact same robe. I want to give a shout out to our friend Mary Jo. Oh, Mary Jo. Yes. So Mary Jo is a friend of ours, and she stopped me today because I work with her, and she said I really enjoyed Saturday, and I was like the fuck are you talking about? And she goes, your new podcast episode. I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Mary Jo, thank you for listening. I appreciate you and thank you for just all of it. I just, thanks. That's yes, it. thank you. Joanna, I want to read to you, we got a new rating on Apple Podcasts oh, today. Okay. <laughs> I get so nervous. I know. So first of all, if you haven't had a chance to rate us on Apple Podcasts, that's where you can actually write a written review. And it really means a lot to us. And it really helps with our show growth. So if you have a second, give us a rating and write the review. This is from Wesley's mom has got it going on. That's first of all. Go adorbs. Ahead. Adorable. Love it. Cutest name in the world. Mm-hmm. And we know someone with a baby named Wesley. So We do. I wonder if it's the same person. I, I guess we'll never know. Never know. Um, and then they wrote, can't stop listening. And here's what they put. Your podcast is such a fun concept. I get sucked into every story and am on the edge of my seat for most of them, wondering which it is because I can't figure it out. You've also given great movie recommendations too. Keep doing what you girls are doing. Exclamation mark. It's so sweet. So if you have a second, go ahead and please like just take that moment. Shoot us a little five-star review. Shameless plug. Shameless or whatever. Plug. Whatever you feel in your heart, honestly. It just – it means the world. Yes. So thank you. It just, um, it's crazy. Like people like are out there like, wow, that was so good. I'm going to write a review. I don't know. I know. I know. Um, speaking of what we do here, let me get into it. So welcome to Live, Laugh, Murder, where we tell stories that may or may not be true. We typically tell stories that could either be the plot of a horror movie or the facts of a true crime case. Today, this is why I called out Joanna, is a different type of show. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> is oh it a creepy ravioli? It's a creepy ravioli. 
Today is what I'd like to call a spinoff. It's not our true crime sometimes. So if this is your first episode, go back and check one of those out. We try to make it very obvious in the um, in the title. So this one is a creepy places, Joanna. Ooh. Honestly, I have a list of places I'd like to cover in the world that are just creepy as fuck, haunted, sinister, all the things. But this is our first. I'm excited. Is St. Augustine on there? <laughs> is uh, Key West on there? Listen, oh, I would love to do Key West because I would like to like go there with you and then film it or record it. I just want to make it a vacation for us. Obviously. If you are here, that means you've clicked on the title. So our listeners, you're aware of what we're covering today. So welcome to our first Creepy Places episode. And the place is, Joanna, I doubt you've heard of it, but you never know, Lake Lanier. I do know where it, I've heard of it. Ooh, where is it at? It's in the West Utah. No. One more time. Wait, Lanier, that's in Georgia? Yes. Oh, sorry, I yelled. I drive yeah. through it. No, on our way to the Georgia house, because I worked with a girl. Her last name was Lanier. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm driving through your, your town. Like an idiot. <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> but yep. you didn't let me tell my Florida man story. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Just one second. I have to tell you before we get to it. This was suggested by someone you and I know, Joanna, by the husband of intern Amy. David? David. Well, we call him Dave. Dave messaged me on Instagram out of nowhere and sent me a clip from a reel from someone discussing Lake Lanier. And he said, you should do a podcast about this. And I said, Dave, I should do an episode about this. I host a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, and then he says, don't talk about it, be about it. So Dave, here I am. I'm being about it. So here's your episode. Dang, right? Dedicated to our friend Amy's husband, Dave. Thank you for the suggestion. We know you don't listen to this show. You haven't listened to that one goddamn episode. I am fairly certain, but you hear about it from Amy. So, Dave, you better listen to this one once it comes out. Lake or we're going to shave your beard off. <laughs> <laughs> Joanna, before I tell you about one of the creepiest places I have ever heard of, tell yes. me your Florida man. Okay. Joanna, have you gotten any Florida man suggestions suggestions from our listeners yet? Yeah. Actually, so yes, yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> okay. So I'm excited. Listen, people out there, if you have a suggestion, not a, I'm willing to broaden it out, broaden it out outside of Florida. If you have crazy stories in your town that you want to share for Joanna to share, does that make sense? That yeah. you want to that you want to send us for Joanna to share? Send it. This actually, it was funny. My my brother in law sent me this video that I'm going to play for you. I was like, I'm going to look this up and see the true the story behind it. So, underneath the title it says, "That's one heck of a night." Robbie Stratton had a more eventful weekend week than you promise. The Florida man was caught on camera running through a Jacksonville liquor store. <laughs> and taking the gator into the beer fridge last night. What? He can't remember any of it. Oh, my gosh. I had it like football style. Mm-hmm. Stratton, whose legal name is Robert Timothy Barr, 
was arrested and charged with illegal possession of an American alligator, illegal exhibition of dangerous wildlife, and cruelty to animals. Well, police, yeah. yeah, police are still on the hunt for a third man shown in the video who can be overheard yelling, Florida State! <laughs> oh, FSU. <laughs> yes. While unfortunately stepping on the gator and holding oh. it by its neck. Yeah. What an asshole. Mm-hmm. Well, this was the third person. But when asked if he remembers what happened, Stratton was lost. This store sells some good liquor, and I drink a lot of it, he said. I bet. According, <laughs> oh, yeah. According to the reports, the man found the alligator while weed whacking and other Floridians talked to CBS 47 in Jacksonville are torn whether running through a store with a live gator should be a crime. Yes. He, he didn't do anybody harm, said Johnson. And then the, the final send-off is, you keep doing you, Florida. Listen, we did a Florida man, Joanna. You told me one not that long ago. Not Sorry. that long ago, where someone wielded a gator at like a drive-through, and they were arrested for like a felony charge. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Like they had a gator in their car, and they were arrested for like a deadly weapon. Yeah. So listen to this. I'm going to play his interview. <laughs> no recollection of that happening at all. At all. This store sells some good liquor. <laughs> I drank a lot of it that night. The viral video shows Robbie Stratton running through a convenience store with an alligator in his hands. He takes the animal in the beer <laughs> fridge as well. I don't even remember coming up here. We asked Stratton where the alligator came from. No clue. No clue. I literally <laughs> came to the store. I think it was in the back of the truck. They told me what I did was stupid, and uh, I'll be facing some charges here soon. Probably go to jail. Probably not. We'll see. He says he regrets his decision, and he's been in contact with the FWC. He is running through the store with the alligator tucked he under says, his arm. He says, no clue. No clue. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Oh, I'm crying. Yes. So the title of this headline or this um, article is This Drunk Florida Man Can't Remember Carrying an Alligator into a Liquor Store. Wow. Cheers to cheers to him. Cheers I will, yes, I will um send this to you so you can post it. It is hilarious. The alligator is just like flopping around. Like oh, is it a baby not- alligator? It's a decent size. I'd say four or five feet. I mean, big enough to scare me. Yeah, if I, I walked will- in. Uh-huh. No, if you walked in what? In the gas like, station? If I saw a, somebody running around with a gator, I'd be freaking out. If I was in the fucking racetrack trying to pump gas and someone was in the beer fridge with a gator, I would get the fuck out of there because I'm thinking they would drop that gator and he would scurry on over and bite my ankles. Gators are fast. They're fast. You got to run zigzag. But how true is that? Like, is that one of those things where people just say? I don't know because I saw videos of gators going up on all fours and running really fast as fuck. They can climb fences. Because like, ew, uh, why would you say that? Because they can. People, okay, we're probably scaring the rest of the country, hashtag the world. It's not that bad. It is very rare that we see gators in real life, at least for me. And I paddleboard. Joanna does too, recently, right? Mm -hmm. We go out on the water. We rarely see them. And if you do see one in the wild, you just calmly go the other way. (laughs) Yeah. Do not get in in the water. No, no, no. But in the gas station. Okay. Well, that was amazing. Much better than last week, Joanna. Uh, Thank you. I really slacked. 
You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, let's catch up on what I want to tell you about today. So Lake Lanier, Creepy Places, Volume 1, if you will, if you shall. According to a 2020 CNN article, quote, legend has it, the ghost of a long dead woman roams this lake in a flowing blue dress. Mysterious arms reach out for swimmers from the watery depths. Angry spirits call people home to submerged graves, end quote. I've heard this where people die a Dang. lot. Like if they were to drain that water, that lake, there'd be a lot of bodies. Mm. So let me tell you about the things that go on at a lake that is, quote, literally filled with dead bodies, end quote, according to in the know.com. And according to Dave, our intern Amy's husband. So Dave, are you ready? I hope you enjoy. And I hope yeah. you listen. And you probably won't listen, but you better. <laughs> so here we go. If you've heard of it, if you if you haven't heard of it, we hope you enjoy. If you have, we hope you enjoy. We will start with the first kind of urban legend, if you will, about this lake before I give you any details. The Lady of the Lake, which is kind of what I just mentioned. Here's the story of the Lady of the Lake. In 1958, Delia oh. May, yeah, when you were born. Fuck off. Sorry. That's my first cuss word. <laughs> Never <laughs> editing that out. <laughs> In 1958, Delia May Parker, young, wearing a blue dress that night, and Susie Roberts were driving home from a dance in Dawsonville, Georgia. They decided to leave early. On the way home, they stopped for gas and left without paying. Girls, come on. As they were crossing the Lake Lanier Bridge, Susie lost control of the car and ran off the bridge, crashing into the dark, murky waters below. First of all, Joanna, that is my nightmare oh. personified. Yep. Okay. The women and the car disappeared at the bottom of the lake. Since there were skid marks on the road, it was obvious to officials that they ran off into the lake. I was sorry to tell you super, super quick. It has to deal with this. This girl I knew, I went to um, the woman's daughter. She went missing. Couldn't find her. And they like uh -huh. dredged the water, did the whole like fishing magnet thing. Ugh, maybe two weeks later, they finally found her car submerged oh in the water in the driver's seat. Dead. Well, that's highly pretty much the fucking same exact story I'm about to tell you. It's insane. Like they, it the, is. the thing is though, they went in that area and looked for her. And Whoa. it was like two weeks later. Like, could you, I just could imagine like not knowing where my daughter was. Oh gosh. We are okay, tapping go. into one of my fears, the fear mm -hmm. of being watched, which we talked about a couple episodes ago and drowning. Like yep. I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore, nope. but I'm nope. still going to talk about it. So the fact that I chose this to discuss today freaks me out because it scares me to my core. And David, David, Dave, thanks I, a lot. I am just, you've gotten under my skin. So, okay. Um, a fisherman found the remains of a body a year later. Stop. It was, so your story was two weeks. This is a year. It was missing the remains of the body, both hands and two toes on the left foot. And they couldn't identify it as either Susie or Delia since it was extremely bloated from being underwater for so long. However, it was believed to be the body of either of them because of the circumstances they knew about a year prior. But it couldn't be proven. So the body was buried in an unmarked grave. Mm. It took, Joanna, it took 31 years before Susie and her car 
were found. In 1990, a 19... How deep, how deep yeah. is the water? I'm, I'm going to get to it. Okay. In, in 1990, a 1950s Ford sedan was discovered at the bottom of the lake with Susie's remains behind the wheel. Mm. Joanna's eyes are like huge. It was well, discovered. Guess, Go ahead. Yeah, it, in 19, we said 58? 31 years later, yeah. No, no, no. When, was, when did the girls crash into the lake? 58. Uh, it was 50. Yeah, 58. So they didn't have the technology they had now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't want to say like, oh, that justifies why they didn't find the girls, but. Right. It was discovered to be Susie's body due to dental records at the time. Locals, however, had already known who the bodies were because they see, they have seen the lady of the lake. Stop. A woman still in her blue dress waiting to drag unsuspecting lake goers to the bottom. She is lost. Why? Why do you think? Why would you? They stole gas. They stole gas. They're, they're, They're in the wrong. But why do you think that Delia would be roaming around trying to drag unsuspecting lake goers to the bottom? She's wandering around roaming lost. Like, why do you think she would do that? Do you think she just wants a friend? Her friend died. But how did she? Okay, go. I'm going. It's her spirit. Yeah. If you were in the ghost form, like the spirit form, and you're just, you lost your hands and you're just like, help me. Maybe you're just looking for a friend. I don't fucking know. And hoping um, that okay. they become a spirit. Yeah, she is lost and she paces the area, area, missing both of her hands. After this, Susie was buried next to the previous unmarked grave with her name and Delia's name now on their own headstones. Mm-hmm. But people still say they see the Lady of the Lake walking around trying to drag you down. Oh, no, thank you. I think they just want friends. They want My... someone to pay their gas. <laughs> My brother told me we, we went on a vacation to Lake Cumberland. We went to the houseboat. And my brother told me that the lake used to be like a forest and then they just filled it with water. So if you dangled Stop. in the water, the branches would come up and grab you. Stop. And sixth grade me was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't like it at all. I know. Brother was a dick. Now here's the next urban legend for you, Joanna. Imagine you're on the lake doing some night fishing. How often do you do that? Uh, just last night. Yeah, I believe you. And you look out and see a raft floating on the water with a shadow figure sitting on the raft with a pole to inch itself forward and back side to side. It's creepy. You got that in you got that in your head? This way. This way. Yep. Now, if a person was on a raft inching themselves, how long would the pole have to be to reach the bottom of Extremely the lake? Extremely long. We didn't tell <laughs> me how deep the lake is. Exactly, right? So this lake at its deepest can reach about more than 200 feet deep. Shut up. So imagine you're on the lake and there's probably a 45-foot depth beneath you and you see someone with a little fucking pole inching themselves front, back, side to side. I'm out. Right? And they have a lantern to see on their raft. Reportedly, two fishermen, fishermen were out one night fishing and unexpectedly saw this figure inching along with his pole on his raft above what the fisherman said was a 45-foot depth. And then he disappeared. Uh-uh. Yep. Uh-huh. Welcome to Lake Lanier. If this oh. isn't enough, there are also reports of creepy sounds emerging from beneath the waters. Also, 
People say that as they are swimming in the lake out on a day of fun and they that they feel unknown hands grabbing at them, Joanna, from beneath the waves. Mm-mm. Or people mm-hmm, or people say that they have been diving below and have felt body parts frozen in rigor mortis suspended in the water near them. It's cold. <laughs> Many of the people who have drowned in the lake happened near the shore, not out in open water. Some speculate due to the invisible sources that are there that they are getting pulled below to the dark and murky murky waters. Lake Lanier is located in northern Georgia and has a tumultuous has as tumultuous a past as it does a present. Currently, it is a recreational hotspot. Have you yeah. ever thought of going there to like hang out? I never heard of it until last summer when I was driving to the Georgia house. But what is lake life like? Because you're from Michigan, so you know about that. It's amazing. What do you? Oh, you just wake up in the morning. I mean, so I dated a guy who had a house. His parents had a house up in Traverse City. He got his master's degree up there. I would go up there on the weekends, and it's just oh, you wake up and you're just the lake. And you go on jet skis, you go on the boat. It's just amazing. So it that's just wonderful. Your life. It's amazing. You bake snacks, and the snacks just taste better. So the lake that you're speaking of, did it have a haunt? Does it have a haunted history? No. Here's my question: What's underneath the lake that you're talking about? What do you mean? What's under? What do I mean? What's under? We're going to talk about what's under Lake Lanier. Are you aware? I know there's dead bodies. There's a lot more than dead bodies. So people go there now today for boating, fishing, swimming, water sports, all the things. And of course, ghost hunting. Mm. But how does a place that seems so fun have such a deep underbelly of urban legend and terror? This is called one of the most controversial lakes in the United States due to it being called the most haunted lake in the United States. People go to it just probably for that appeal. Exactly. Let's start with the history of this lake. First of all, it is man-made, Lake Lanier. Created in the 1950s over top of an area that was not what you would imagine. To me, when I hear like a man-made lake is made, I always think of the city just kind of digging a giant hole and filling it with water. (laughs) <laughs> like oh, you're oh. so uncultured. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always imagine. Not so. Lake Lanier was created by the city intentionally flooding valley communities beneath. Full-on streets, houses, cemeteries, etc. are all below Lake Lanier. No way. Yes. Way. So is it cursed? It seems so. What all was really swallowed up by the water? Dead bodies under there. Since 1994, more than 200 people have died in swimming and boating accidents on the lake, with at least 27 of those people never having been found. And they don't know the cause of it? There's many causes. Since the lake has a depth over 200 feet deep and at about yeah, at its deepest and at about 80 to 100 feet deep in other areas. So it makes it very difficult for those bodies to be found once they're gone. So some people speculate that the souls of these people have never been put to rest. 
Could you imagine like going on vacation and just dying? Like <laughs> going with like 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 a group of Georgia. us like hey, let's go to Lake Lanier and one of us not coming back because you you died. No, you're. <laughs> Could you imagine just going on vacation just dying? No. <laughs> First of all, like you don't go on vacation to plan. You don't plan on dying, but like I don't know. No, it's you run wild. the risk. Yeah. Yes, and. The state of Georgia or the city of the county that we're going to talk about, they claim that the reason there's so many incidents and deaths there is because so many people go there. So to them, it's a ratio. But fuck that ratio. A lot of fucking people get hurt and die in this area. Let me keep going. According to the lore and people who scuba dive in the depths below have their own eerie stories to share. But what's the real backstory? I want to tell you about how this lake even came to be. So I'm going to kind of go backwards in history, give you a little history lesson, if you will. Okay. Live, laugh, murder, history lesson, part one. Mm. I hated history. Oh, well, now you're going to hate it even more. (laughs) Before the lake was created, there was land underneath described as lush and fertile, filled with vegetation and small animals just scurrying about. And not just that, but families, a whole ass community. In 1946, Congress approved the River and Harbors Act, which was meant to help bolster waterways. This lake was among one of the projects. $45 million was approved for this project. At the time, Atlanta was growing and growing, and they needed a water source along with hydroelectric power. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, sorry, Joanna, help me real quick. The U.S. Army Corps or Corps? Corps. 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 Army Corps. Fuck. It's Corps. You don't say Corps. You don't say Corps. It's morbid. Okay. Marine Corps. Okay. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers wanted to create a lake to provide Atlanta and surrounding counties with power and water. And they thought flooding this area was their best bet. So kind of what you just said, how you said it was for like, you said for lakeside property, not quite, but it was more to provide hydroelectric power, water those kinds of things to the surrounding areas. And Atlanta was a big city then. So here's a you know. dumb question. Go. Where do they get the water from to fill these lakes if they're fresh water? They built it. They ended up building a dam on the Chattanooga, Chattahoochee, Chattahoochee. Nope. Try again. Chattahoochee. Nope. Chattanooga. Chattahoochee. Nope. Chattahoochee. <laughs> Chattahoochee. It's in my notes, but it's not here yet. Not Chattahoochee. What is it? Way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, it gets hotter than a hoochie's coochie. What is it? Okay, but like, so that's where they get, so what, did they get a giant hoe? I don't know. I have to they see built like a, the map. They built a dam okay. to reroute the water to flood the lake, to flood the okay. area, to form a lake. So all the, fa- so I'm going to take you back though. So this was like a community, land, people living, houses. So let me rewind. So all the families that lived on this land were offered money to sell their farmland to the government, right? Which, Mm -hmm. I mean, this happens even today in our county where was built by the government or the city purchasing the old Florida houses that were there and building this, you know, HOA community and golf course there. And there's one house FYI, the owner refused to sell. So this giant community, golf course, pools, everything you can imagine, they're, they're built like around this old ass like Florida house because they refuse to sell. Good for them. Well, 
Good for them, right? Well, that didn't happen here in Georgia. Many of the families that lived on the land had been there for generations, so I am sure these conversations did not go well. So Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about a place called Forsyth County. Have you heard of the controversy even today that goes on there? No, but now I need to know. Forsyth slash Forsyth County is where Lake Lanier is, and it's near the town of Oscarville. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of Oscarville. Oscar Meyer Wiener. Sure. Let's talk about Oscarville a little here. I want you to understand the backstory of how this land came to be just filled with devastation that some speculate has led to its haunting. This was once a bustling community and beacon for the Black community in the South, known as a thriving Black farming community, many being formerly enslaved residents and their descendants now owning their own land, which was very you know, very cool at the time. Yeah. 1,100 Black people owned land and ran businesses in Forsyth County alone. In 1912, so we're going back to where it all began. Right. In 1912, Ellen Grice claimed she woke up to a Black man in her bed. Okay, so keep that in mind. September 9th, 1912, May Crow was raped and murdered near Oscarville. She oh, was that an took 18, a dark turn. It, it takes a very dark turn very fast. She was an 18-year-old white woman, and it was pinned on four young black people who just so happened to live nearby. Oscar Daniel, Trustee Daniel, Ernest Knox, and Robert Edwards. Edwards, who was 24, was arrested for this crime, and the next day, a white mob invaded his jail cell, beat him with crowbars, Ooh. shot him, dragged him through the streets, and hanged him from a fucking telephone pole. From these men out of prison? They got him out of prison? Yep. These men happened to live nearby where the attack had happened. They were not guilty. The next month, Knox and Oscar Daniel were in court for the crime and were found guilty by the jury in less than two hours of deliberating. Whoa. They were hanged in front of a group of around 5,000 onlookers. With public hangings being illegal at the time, however, the blind that was there to separate the community from viewing was burned down so they could all witness this. While Trusty Daniels' charges were dismissed, it is widely believed that all of them were innocent of the crime. They just happened to be Mm. nearby. So after Mm -hmm. this, white mobs, who were known as night Riders, started traveling through Forsyth County with guns and torches burning down black businesses and churches. I don't like that. Uh, you better not. It's horrific. It's terrible. According to allthatsinteresting.com, they were demanding that all black citizens leave the county. By the 1950s, there was then an almost entirely white community. And to this day, it is reported that less than 5% of Forsyth County's population is black. Less than 5%. There's been other crimes there that would have to be like whole other episodes that are very racially led. The reason I tell you this, this backstory, is so we can first of all be aware of the history of the place. And secondly, because with this kind of history of such rage, hate, discrimination, murder, all on this land beneath the water, you get like the spooks, right? Like the immediate, like, oof, I don't want to go there. Just thinking about the kind of residual energy remaining there. And it's thought by some that this lake kind of is meant to erase the dark history that happened there. Do you think that the lady in blue was like the spokesperson for all the people that died? Oh, come on. That's too good. And she was like, 
I got this. She should just start dragging people down. Damn. Because this happened in like the ninth in 1912, and then she was in 1958. So she was like, I got you. Yeah, I'm wondering what her like life before was like. Yeah. So we've talked before about how haunted places seem to be haunted due to extreme violence and death or like large scale trauma in one location. Remember when we, we talked about that in our um Do You Believe in Haunted Houses episode? Mm-hmm. We were talking about how haunted places become haunted if you believe in that because mm-hmm. of so much trauma in one place. So if you believe in this kind of thing, then this adds to that. 56,000 acres of land was used for this project. It took five years to fill the lake. They built a dam on the Chattahoochee River. Chattahoochee. I can't even say it. Chattahoochee. No, I can't even say it right now. Chattahoochee. You're saying it wrong. It's not Chattanooga. (laughs) I vacationed there. And you vacationed wrong. You're going to piss me off. (laughs) I'm going to look it up. Oh, Hoochie River. I was thinking in Tennessee. Two different conversations. Okay. Well, now that we got that clear, clear, cleared up, the city built a dam on the Chattahoochee River, and that was that. In 1956, water filled the land that people had spent their lives living and working on. About 700 residents sold it for about, listen to this, $30 per acre. Wow. Which sounds like shit now, but it was also shit then, to be honest. Everything they had ever known was gone before their eyes. Whatever they couldn't take with them, as in physical possessions, was gone too. Did you not find someone to move that couch for you? Gone. The street you walked down with your sweetheart after school? Gone. The families that left were offered land from the government afterward, but it was all shit. It wasn't anything that they could farm on from what I researched or anything great like what they had. To prepare the land to be filled with so much water, the Army Corps of Engineers got rid of anything that they that they thought would be dangerous, such as they uprooted trees before filling, you know, before filling the land with mm-hmm. water, removing barn structures. They burned shit down. They removed bridges, things that could break off and float up to the surface and ruin boats for transport. And let's pause here. Imagine you're casually swimming in the lake. That you were talking about, and out of nowhere, a piece of a twenty-foot bridge floats up next to you. <laughs> I would. Oh, that's wild. But you said it took five years for it to fill. Yeah, that's crazy. And people started using the river as soon as they could. As soon as it was flooding, people would hang their clothes on trees and like go swim, and then you know the tree would be submerged a couple yeah. weeks later. Five years. That's a long time. I would immediately just pass away if these things happened when I was swimming in a lake. I just, yeah. I don't like deep water. If something touched me, out, I'm out. What if it was a dead body in rigor mortis? Um, other than this, it's reported that 20 cemeteries were also covered up with 625 billion gallons of water. How big is this lake? Fucking huge. 56,000 acres. I believe you, but it's like, I yeah. don't believe it. It is said that the marked graves were moved. Okay, before this, like they moved the bodies and the caskets and the graves. I don't believe it. What do you think? Because it's 20 cemeteries. And how many people are in one cemetery? I was going to say just in one cemetery, probably, I mean, if it's a small town, 30, 40 people? At least times 20. Yeah. No, absolutely. They did not take their time to move and undig, unearth. It is widely believed that... The government, the city, whatever, no no offense, don't come for me, 
but that those bodies were never touched. That the gravestones maybe were moved, but not the bodies. Yeah, the headstones. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. My next note, this is so funny. It says, can you really believe that every casket, grave, and body was truly moved? No. Those are heavy. (laughs) It's what, six feet down? Yeah. Right? It's believed that many were left behind. And another thing that is, quote unquote, left behind underneath all this water, an entire racing track is there now to this day. Except the bleachers, of course. They were removed because it was thought that they could dislodge floats of the surface and damage boats in the future. Yeah. How to worry about those boats. Got to worry about those boats. It's also rumored that there's a sunken church that is claimed that its bells still ring out and you can hear it underwater. That's crazy. Every now and then when water when the water levels drop during a drought, it is said that certain things can be exposed, such as submerged roads, old ferry boats, and parts of buildings. Remember the racetrack I just mentioned? Mm-hmm. In 2001, there was a particular drought and the top of the concrete stands from the speedway were visible above the water level. I just I just can't. I'm uncomfortable. Are you going to stop at Lake Lanier? Never. If if you say for your 40th birthday party, <laughs> I'm going to defriend you so fast. Joanna, I want to go to Lake Lanier for my 40th birthday anyway. Defriend. No, I take it back. I'm going to tell you about some things that have happened in Lake Lanier from in recent time. Are you ready? Yeah, ready. So I've given you the lore. I've given you the history and what people would call why it would be so haunted. All these bodies from these 20 cemeteries, people who have died, the racially disgusting past, mm-hmm. like all of it. I'm going to give you some stories of real accounts. August 2011, where were you? Here. Ooh, Florida. In Florida. Okay. August 2011, on a Saturday night, there was a boating accident on the lake. Two boats with a combined 15 passengers collided, killing 14-year-old Trevor Jones. Trevor had gone overboard. There was an immediate search for him that day and on to the next using the Georgia Department of Natural Resources side scan sonar unit, a specialized oh. system for detecting objects in the bottom of a body of water. His body was found Sunday at 1.10 p.m. That same day, Sunday, William Doster Jr. was waist deep, and this one freaks me out, Joanna, wade fishing in the lake when he slipped underwater and never resurfaced. Like, what is wade fishing where you stand there in your slickers and you're just like chilling yes. waist deep? So they are like wet, like they're like water boots, but they go right. all the way up here. Like overall. So like you step like into them. Yeah, you step into them. Mm-hmm. But that's wild. Okay, wait. But like the the two boats ran into each other, but they can't. Okay, yeah. So these two incidents happened in the same weekend in 2011. So let's go back to William Doster Jr. He was pulled out of the water by his family at 8.37 a.m., having been about six to eight feet underwater. There is no answer as to why he mysteriously slipped and drowned. You want another one? Yeah, no. July 2012. How about Usher, the singer, Usher Raymond? Usher. What about him? Usher. All right. This is really sad. So Usher has two kids with his ex-wife, Tamika Foster. And then he, then Tamika went on to have a son. Usher's stepson, Kyle Glover, was boating with his mom, Tamika Foster. He was tubing and having a blast when a man named Jeffrey Hubbard on a jet ski ran over him on the lake. Do you remember this? No. This was in 2012. 
Kyle was unresponsive when pulled from the lake and flown to a children's hospital. He suffered brain damage and passed away two weeks later at 11 years old. I don't know. That just blows my mind. Hubbard, the man, was found guilty of reckless operation of a vessel, unlawful operations of a personal watercraft, and a boat traffic violation. Tamika and Usher have two other children together, which I mentioned, who are older, and this was a tragic accident Uh, for her. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Usher reportedly was, and Tamika have still remained close. It was really sad. All right. Next, February 8th, 2015. We didn't know each other yet, did we? Mm-mm. No, you meant like 2016, 2017. A fisherman discovered the body of 25-year-old Kelly Nash on the lake. Kelly was wearing a dark colored shirt and pajama bottoms, and he was identified due to this along with his tattoos on his body. Kelly's body was found with a single gunshot wound. However, when you look online, it's difficult to find where on his body was the gunshot wound. It's not ex- like explicitly stated. Hmm. After his family hired a private investigator trying to understand how their son was found in this state, nothing was found. Kelly was last seen a month prior when he woke up January 5th around 4 a.m. coughing and sneezing and telling his girlfriend he didn't feel well. By the time his girlfriend Jessica woke up at 7.30 a.m., Kelly had vanished from their home leaving behind his ID, his wallet, his car keys. The 25-year-old was wearing a dark shirt and pajama bottoms. As I said, that's how his body was found a month later. He was seen on security footage at a nearby convenience store hours beforehand before he went missing. At the time of his disappearance, he was about to graduate with a degree in accounting, had a girlfriend of three years, and worked at his father's construction company. Do people like the the residents that live there, like, I don't know, that'd be weird. Like right. what, you wake up in the morning, like I'm gonna go have my coffee on the dock, and you wake up and there's a body. I don't know if it's like that, but you're right. I mean, or a soul floating by. A soul. <laughs> yeah, a soul floating by. Where was I? Um, there's no, there has been no reasonable answer to why he disappeared, okay. other than Lake Lanier. Lake Lanier. Lake Lanier is the only thought of why he, he just disappeared. There are theories about. This man possibly ending his life purposefully at Lake Lanier or his girlfriend being involved since her former husband had passed away. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. Or even maybe a drug-related incident. However, we don't know. Nobody – there was a private investigator the family hired. Nobody knows what happened to this 25-year-old man. November 17th, 2019, Jason Millen was fishing on the lake when he saw something shiny below the surface of the water. When he went over, he looked down and saw a whole ass van underneath the water. A van. A van. With the remains of a man who had been missing since June 2018, a year later. Stop. Like, how do they not, like, how far from the shore were these people in their cars? I don't know. You get to a point looking up this stuff where you're just like, I can't even continue. It's so scary. And the man was 56-year-old Van Dobbs was his name. Mm. Van Dobbs. Lake Lanier gets about 10 to 12 million visitors in a year and is one of the most visited lakes in the country. Divers, scuba divers, still go down to the previous town underneath the depths below. 
There's videos on YouTube that I'm honestly too scared to watch where you can view people filming the streets, the walls of buildings, houses, all still there and abandoned underneath. I, I can't. Don't show me, please. I'll freak out. Currently, the lake is receding and accidents are happening now, such as over 500 boating accidents and mysterious situations of boats going up in flames. Are you kidding? I wish I were. In flames? In flames. As the lake waters drop, the contents below surface, and it is so creepy. And that, Dave, is the story of Lake Lanier. (laughs) Holy cow. So, like, there's no, like, new, like, recent incidences? There are, but this would have been 17 hours long. There's a lot of incidents. I I mean, honestly, I hope you never go there and I hope I never go there. I'm good. Like you said, the residents that live there, like what do they think? I don't know. And it's really like a party spot. Like people go there on their boats. I saw a video recently on TikTok and it freaked me the fuck out. And it was people filming another boat next to them. And this girl standing on the edge of the boat and she just slips down into the water and like falls like really deep down and her friends have to go get her. Why are people going down mysteriously and slipping in that water? Like, let's go to Lake Lanier. Haven't you heard? Nope, haven't heard. They've heard. They just don't care. It's wild. Do you go there? Do you go to Lake Lanier? Let me know. Well, thank you everyone for stopping in for our show. Next episode, we are bringing you a classic true crime sometimes where I will tell you a story that may or may not be true. We love you guys. And remember to live, laugh, and wear a life vest. Two. Two life vests. Well, is is two life vests like wearing two condoms where they kind of cancel each other out? No. <laughs> Wear floaties on your arms and a ring around your belly and a life vest. And you guys can find us on Instagram at Live Laugh Murder Podcast. You can find us on Gmail at Live Laugh Murder Pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash live laugh murder podcast. So thanks for stopping in. See you in a couple weeks. And we love you guys. Love you, mean it. Oh, my my daughter, her new phrase is, love you, mean it, cookies. What? What? Where does the cookies come from? I don't know. Love you, mean it, cookies. (laughs) Love you, mean it, cookies. That's so cute. All right. Bye, guys. Goodbye.